0: My guest today is Kate Scavish. She is an entrepreneur and serves as the Chief Visionary Officer at Wave.Video. In this episode, you are going to learn valuable tips about visual storytelling and video in general, even if you're not super comfortable with putting yourself out there, ways that you can kind of crack into it slowly. So definitely stick around for that. Kate is a firm believer that struggle is sometimes the best motivation for innovation and positive change. Definitely enjoy this episode. Kate, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited to dive in with you and talk all things video.
1: It's my pleasure to be a guest on your podcast. Thank you. Uh, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about how you became so interested in visual storytelling.
1: I've I've been in this storytelling for forever. Uh, We got into videos at some point uh, because um, I was in animation uh, industry and we needed to create videos uh, for Facebook, for our social media, and it was taking so much time. It was exhausting. And um, at some point we talked to our team uh, develop, de- development team and uh, brought up this problem that so many marketers want to do videos and nobody has time. So it has to somehow happen fast. Yes. And that was our original idea uh, three and a half years ago when we started to work on Wave.video. It was just uh, some tool for marketers to create video on a constant base, very fast, very efficient, and I think we succeeded with it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So why do you think video has just like taken off and the, the, it has increased in popularity um, to such a, a high extent that that seems to be the number one way to communicate our message?
1: It's just so much easier for consumers to consume videos compared to any other form of content. It's just um, take less effort. We just watch it. And you consume compared to other forms and you have to sort of exercise your mind to read to um, extract information in the other way i think just the people's brain wired to consume visual information so much better than any other forms
0: yeah i'm a visual person for sure and i think that you can get the person's vibe a little bit more and you can see their intonations and the sparkle in their eye and yeah, it just, it's just like another layer. Um, that being said, maybe you can kind of like shed some light on a confusing point that I think many people have. When you start to read statistics that um, over 60% of our videos are being watched without sound, this becomes now confusing, right? So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. So a lot of videos these days are watched on cell phone. And many times people watch them in the situation when they just cannot turn sound on. It's uh, in the office, sometimes you don't want to disturb people, which is not a problem right now. But uh, when you drive, when you (laughs) sit somewhere, uh, I don't know, watch uh, your kids play sports, right? You still can watch some videos, uh, but you don't want to disturb people around. Even if they six feet apart. <laughs> so uh, many times people just watch through the feed and decide if they want to watch this video or not without turning on the sound. And that's a very popular um, situation. And that's why in Wave.video, we just released today after captions. Okay. So that helps to grab people's attention even with the sound off. So it's very important to have some text on video, which grabs, uh, people uh, have short uh, attention spend, and especially when they decide what kind of content they want to watch on social media, because they're overwhelmed with offers. And that's why it's important to have some text on video in the beginning, so people can quickly make this assessment. Does it worth, uh, you know, watching not what they're talking about. So this few seconds, probably even three seconds that they watch at at the beginning of your video, at the thumbnail, and make a decision if they want to turn on the sound, if they want to continue uh, to watch this video, is crucial for your success as a marketer.
0: That makes a lot of sense. If someone is embedding a video, say, on a thank you page or a contact page, do you recommend setting it to autoplay or do you recommend allowing those controls to be in the viewer's hands and they have to literally click play if they're going to be interested enough to consume the video? Uh,
1: You safely can put it on afterplay because the control in in the viewer's (laughs) phones, it depends on their settings. If they have this setting, no matter what kind of settings you have, their uh, choice overpowers your choice. So if I set my phone on after play, fine. But if I don't do it, I'm in control of my phone. Unfortunately, not the marketer.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Depends which side you look at?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, being that video is just such an interesting media and you can take it in so many different directions. And now like Instagram has the reels and, you know, um, and, and everything is just going to be moving more towards that. I'm interested in your experience between something that's really curated and beautiful and looks professional, and something that is just like off the cuff, you just press play on your phone. And it's that very authentic setting. Talk to me about, the benefits, maybe the pros and cons of each of those arenas? Right, absolutely. Um, we suggest to have both in your marketing mix.
1: It depends on the audience and depend on a type of content. For example, stories, they can be less curated. And we just released a um, big study with Social Insider together about stories. And big brands, which have like more than 1,100 followers, do like four stories a day which is unbelievable yeah then yeah and then the engagement goes up with the number of stories so it's it's really interesting dynamic and stories can be less curated uh again it depends on the size of your team on type of your audience but people mostly actually like this type of uncurated videos in your mix and sometimes it brings more engagement than carefully crafted ads or other type of videos. So people um, really go, go in for this trust and this um, uh, genuine, genuine content.
0: Yeah uncurated. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's so very interesting about the four stories um, stat And I'm wondering if listeners are saying like, what the heck should I post in my stories? What would you offer as words of wisdom for people that are like, I I wanna start incorporating more stories and more videos, but what kind of content should I share?
1: Well, uh, you you should think about your audience and you should plan um, the mix in your content ahead of time. So it's very important for videos to have general strategy it helps to deliver your content uh, consistently and keep uh, the attention of the audience. So you have to decide what kind of mix you want to post in the stories. And it should be a little bit of you, little bit insights, little bit of uncrafted videos and crafted videos as well. So there should be some uh, really carefully uh, planned, we call it video funnels, funnels which uh, in your stories result in swipes and clicks in, um, actions that actually bring value and monetization to your business, not only entertainment, but entertainment should be also planned. So you have to decide what uh, needs of your audience and how you actually distribute this um, type of content and how much of entertainment should be there, how much um, selling should be there, and selling should be like careful Designed social selling, not direct people, really.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I think with anything, the more we start to peel back the layers, the more we realize that strategy is such a crucial, it's fundamental. We can't just like throw something up and hope that it sticks and then kind of wonder why we're not getting the results. And even just hearing you talk about a video funnel, I think this is going to be very new for a lot of the listeners of even thinking as – Thinking that stories could actually become a part of their selling strategy. So, a couple questions on that: When do you think um, a solopreneur is ready to job that piece out? Because some people, I can already hear them saying, "I don't have time to curate four stories a day that's thoughtfully crafted that has a combination of, you know, authentic and curated." And and when am I selling? When am I not? Like. How can we break this down so it's not overwhelming? One, if they're going to do it themselves or two, when is it important that they say, you know what, let me get some support for this. So what are your thoughts on that, Kate? Uh,
1: First of all, of course, it should make sense for your business. If you get a lot of business from Instagram already. So uh, on Instagram, when you just begin and you don't have 10,000 followers, you still have to... um, and place any link in your profile. And if somebody clicks on it, it's very targeted audience. Those, o- those people who actually manage to click on uh, link in your profile, they very likely will buy your product. And um, you just need to understand uh, how much flow you get from these links, and then it will be your decision how much uh, resources you should uh, allocate For Instagram and in general you need to understand in your industry how how well it works and then if it makes uh, sense for your business then you invest if not you try experiment and see if you can change something but it's not necessarily that uh, you will get majority of uh, traffic from Instagram it depends of course on your business and Your niche, and if you are a lawyer, probably Instagram is not the best um, resource for you. Maybe it is, depends on um, mm
0: -hmm, what kind of. That's awesome. That's awesome. That sounds like really practical advice. And if I'm hearing you correctly, basically test and measure, play around with it, do some things on your own, check your analytics. And when and if you start to see a return on investment and people are actually clicking through, that may be your time to double down if you're seeing success. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you? Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey, just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious light workers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. So I know that you have a big strategic mind, and I'm wondering what you feel makes an awesome strategic thinker and also what makes an awesome strategic partnership.
1: Mmm, it's a tough question. Very good one. Um, uh, first of all, the best, I'll start with strategic uh, partner. First of all, if you if you have a common audience and your interests are aligned, that helps, um, but you are not compete with, with each other. That sets you as a great partner, right? So if you have the common audience, the common needs, it makes sense to partner up and um Try to do uh, common initiatives, offer um, co-marketing and um, kind of let each other use each other's channels. And we're trying to, to do it a lot with uh, different uh, companies which are in our social media niche and video niche. And it always works great.
0: Are there any pitfalls that people should be aware of um, when they're considering potential collaborations? Uh, first
1: of all, uh, they need to wait uh, um, sort of um, efforts and outcomes and always ask themselves as a business if this effort makes sense because you normally trying to go for 20% of effort and get 80% of results. If that's the case then you go for it. If uh, it requires a lot of work on your side and you don't see potential uh, benefits, then you probably should, you know, stay away from those initiatives.
0: I love that 80-20 rule. I think we can apply it to so many aspects of our life and our business. So that's really great. And I I think it just breaks it down in such a simple way. Like how much effort are you going to have to put in and what are the rewards going to come back to you? And um, I think that just it makes your yeses much easier and it makes your nose very, very clear. So thank you for that. And I know that you're a mom and I'm wondering how you keep the work-life balance and what other helpful ideas might you have for other mompreneurs? Well, it's very,
1: very tough to keep this life-work balance when you have your own business because it's sort of addictive. You think, okay, I'll spend a little bit more time on business and the reward will come. But the same goes for kids. If you spend more time with them, the rewards also will be visible um, sometime. For me, it's just a question of sort of discipline (laughs) and allowing certain time a day to spend with my family and to have this one-on-one time with my kids. And it should be sort of a strategical plan. Yes, I want to spend some time every day. And sometimes it doesn't work, but then you have to bring more attention to your children next day and compensate that, that for the time that you wasn't available for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a balancing act, no doubt. And I think that we're all trying to strike that Happy medium. Do you work on the weekends or is that part of the time that you block off for family and kids? I usually do
1: some work on the weekends, but I think about it as an investment in a time that I can spend during the week uh, later on, uh, which I take away from my work. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it makes sense for me to do something over the weekend so I can uh, spend some time with my kids on a regular day. But again, there are some weekends when I don't take computer with me and we just spend uh, quality time together. And I think it's also important to have this sort of mix.
0: uh, Yeah, I think so, too. And you know, I've, I've struggled with that. Like, okay, I'm not going to work any weekends. And then I'm like, the weekend comes, I'm like, but I really like my business. And like, what if I just, you know, schedule out a couple of weeks of my social media posts or, you know what I mean? Like you need to have that flexibility and like, you get to set the rules. That's why we went into business, right. To have freedom and flexibility. And we are the CEOs of our companies. So, you know, not being so rigid when you hear someone say like, oh, you can have a successful business and working 25 hours a week, but then it's like your weekend rolls around and you're like, hmm, is that really working for me? So um, speaking about that, because I do tend to use my weekends a lot to plan my social media, are you an advocate of batching when you plan social media or more staying in the flow and in the moment? So it's just more like, ooh, I have this thought today, I'm going to put it into place or so my stories can feel a little bit more like the story of my day versus something that's planned out, what do you like to do?
1: I do a little bit of both. First of all, I think it's very important to have strategic understanding of your content mix and what you do in terms of content. And then if you have this energy and flow on certain day, of course, you might want to do some um, extra content, which you can uh, publish later. So, I think going with the flow and um, strategic planning together, they bring the best results for me, but again, I guess uh, it could vary for different people, or different brands, but I again, I have also a team who helps
0: so. that makes a huge difference. yeah, you have to you have to really look at your bandwidth, right? like what can you feasibly do and then not have guilt or shame if you didn't hit like those four stories a day plus 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 plus. So I really like that. What do you do personally to fill your cup back up? Like in the realm of self-care, how do you prevent burnout when you're gunning hard to get results and when you're very focused on results? Like when your brain is wired for strategic planning and ROI, sometimes it's difficult to be like, oh, let's go take a bubble bath. Like it's hard to turn off that side of the brain. So what do you, what do you do to kind of rest and recharge?
1: Very good question. For me, exercise works best. And uh, sometimes I, I try to plan weekends with exercise, like hiking, uh, walking in the city. It doesn't sound like exercise to me, uh, but it is. Because when you look at number of uh, steps you've done with your family, with your kids, then uh, it's exercise, obviously. And I've noticed that if I do exercise, especially in the morning, I'm m- way more productive the rest of the day so for me it's even i have to do this exercise because otherwise i won't be able to do all this (laughs) 15 (laughs) to dos for today (laughs) i kind of force myself into some physical activity so then i can sit and focus on my work so it's just this push in the morning which makes the difference
0: nice and like do you like cardio or are you more a yoga girl i love uh, all sorts of exercise
1: um and uh, it, it depends. In the winter, it's more yoga. In the summer, it's more running, swimming, gardening. I
0: love gardening nice. as a
1: like easy way of exercising too. Yeah.
0: So I'm seeing a core theme in a lot of your answers, and it's balance. And I really love that. I just want to lift you up for that because a lot of um, what it sounds like your philosophy of integrating and balance and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of, you know, curated content and a little bit of going with the flow, like, and even with your exercise, bringing in the balance. And I think that that's something so many of us are striving for. And it really sounds like you've got a great mix of that. Of course, there
1: is always room for improvement in everything that we do. But yes, uh, that's my philosophy. If something doesn't work, maybe you can uh, slightly change it and make it work. But the most important part um, comes with the strategy, like thinking about routines, because when you have certain routines, it's much easier to maintain them and much easier to um, stay in this balanced sort of uh, overall flow of your life.
0: Yeah, I really like that. So I'm curious for the listener that may be a little bit shy, maybe um, they identify with being an introvert and they, they want to increase their online visibility, whether it's through video or lives, but they're intimidated. How can we help them get over that roadblock so they can literally put themselves out there and attract their tribe?
1: Uh, first of all, I always suggest start with small steps. And if they're afraid to put themselves on video, they may start with good photo of them and talk uh, behind the scene, illustrate what they talk talking with some video clips professionally done. For example, we have a database of 200 million video clips. They can uh, select some to illustrate their talking points. Uh, and I also... Um, always say that consistently. consistency is more important for starting anything because you, as you progress, as you do stuff consistently, you get better and better with it naturally. And, uh, and I think uh, we all have some an anxiety ar- around public speaking, but starting with photos and bring your voice first for people and then when you get uh, feedback on content actually, not uh, your photo, then when people start to get more, you know, at ease at putting themselves and filming themselves. And uh, I think it's a great way to start slow and just.
0: That's an awesome tip. I love that. Um, I think that that that's going to help people a lot. And, you know, it's it's all about the practice and it's just going and getting that momentum one of the things that I noticed when I was kind of researching about you that I wanted to talk about was your connection and almost respect for struggle. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, that piece, the, the connection between struggle and motivation and innovation.
1: Yes, I, I believe this struggle is an element of innovation always. You all, I, I love to say that you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone, and then when your real growth happens. Hmm. So sometimes some natural struggles which appear in our life are motivators for us to grow both um, as a professionally and personally. And I think we should embrace this part of our life. Uh, sometime, sometimes it's great when everything goes smooth, but those struggles are also create... Um, this environment when grow happens naturally and in a way struggles are supporting our grow so i I think about it as as some part of our life experience and i embrace those things actually yeah i'm trying to find positive moment in in everything
0: what has been a personal struggle that you've experienced that actually created one of your biggest growth opportunities
1: so see i have this accent and i'm not a native english speaker so for me public speaking was a really really out of my comfort zone but i started doing it i pushed myself and i'm so glad i did because it's not about um accent. It's not about, but what about, but the value you bring to your listeners, you bring to your community. And I think if I did it, many people can do it. So they don't have to be afraid, especially the native speakers. They already are so much ahead of me, ahead of, you know. Um, so they should
0: just start doing it. And it makes it your secret sauce. It really adds to your uniqueness. So many times when we think of a weakness of ourself. It's really our strength. It's our strength and it's what, it's what draws people towards us. In fact, it just brings to mind that my boyfriend has his GPS setting of a woman's voice with an accent, right? Because he loves the sound of it. And I was just like, why is your GPS speaking in an accent? You know, <laughs> he's like, I think it sounds sexy, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's cool to lean into what makes you unique. And I think that, you know, that's probably something that, that brings a lot of creative energy to your video production and to everything that you do. So I'm, I'm really loving that. Um, so, Kate, if you were going to leave a legacy, what would that legacy be?
1: Okay. I encourage uh, everyone try to get out of comfort zone. Choose one thing a year and try to improve yourself in that direction. And another thing which I think very important, never compare your beginning with somebody else's middle. You only should compare yourself to yourself. Yes. Yourself today with yourself a year ago. And that brings a lot of energy and motivation in your life when you see the progress.
0: That's beautiful. That's such good advice. So many of us need that. We need to break away from that um, comparison mode and really just turn within and, and look at our own progress. So that's beautiful. How can people learn more about you and wave.video?
1: Uh, with, uh, wave.video, of course, uh, everybody welcome to visit our wave.video website and check out our product. We have this uh, caption which released today and I uh, help I, I'm really looking forward to try them because they help with my accent. <laughs> <It's> nice! My, <laughs> yeah, when people can read actually what I'm saying. Uh, also, we have a great community. It's wave.video community. You can find them uh, this community on Facebook. Everybody can join it. You don't have to be our client. You can ask all these questions about uh, strategy of videos, uh, about how to pitch videos to clients, everything. So it's really vibrant community. We also uh, invite uh, industry experts to talk uh, every other week. We have um, other educational uh, live videos there. So you're welcome to join. And uh, on LinkedIn, Kate Skavish. You have my profile, you always can connect to me. I love meeting new people and expand my network.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes. You've given us so many valuable tips, and I really hope that people start embracing video. It is a fabulous, fabulous form of marketing, and it really will grow your audience exponentially. So, to bust out of the comfort zone and little by little, day by day, that's what I always say. And it just, um, then you start to see some big results. So, thank you so much for being here, Kate, and for sharing your wisdom. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. Thank you, Casey. It was a real pleasure to talk to you today. You too. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.